thou blessed rock of ages. How many times I have hidden under that blessed rock of ages from the storms of this life. What a blessed shelter it has been for me, and it covers me still today. Aren't you glad? If you're covered by the rock of ages and it covers you, no other firmer foundation can we ever have than that is in Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful to be here tonight and um, to be converted and sanctified. Not necessarily to be in this spot, but I will. I have promised God I will do whatever he asked me to do. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. And, um, and so whatever he puts it on me, this is, uh, I feel like I'm the least in the kingdom of God tonight. Um, this is not a glamorous spot uh, to me. Um, it's, some, it's a very sacred place. And, um, and so I, um, I don't take it lightly, and I want, to, to, I want the word to do the talking. I have prayed um, since I heard that um, I prayed that God would give me the scripture, and he did. And I prayed tonight that the Holy Spirit would do the talking, and I fully expect it to. Because if I just tell you my thoughts and my opinions, um, this will be a big waste of time uh, for y'all, uh, for everybody. And I want the spirit to have its right away. So I would like to just thank everybody. I missed last year because of uh, my daughter being in the hospital. And I just want to thank y'all for the prayers of our folks. Um, I've never missed camping before. That was a new experience. And uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm going to probably be emotional tonight. Uh, I don't know. I've been told not to apologize, Gary. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm about to say I'm sorry again. <laughs> God has been so good to us. Um, he answered prayer in a mighty way. And um, I thought about... I reflected back, I can't help but reflect back to last year, and to look at where we were and how far God has brought us, and then I look at the time we were together there, God blessed it. It was a difficult time, it was a struggle, but God blessed it. He blessed our marriage, He blessed my family, got closer together, and so don't tell me God can't bless through any circumstance. I witnessed it firsthand in my life how God can bless you. No matter where or what you're going through, God can use you and bless you. Just trust him. Just trust him. I, would, um, I was reminded of something watching an old video. Uh, I say old. It was 2002. It wasn't, ain't that old. And Brother Harry was preaching, and he said, I want y'all to feel the word. And that just touched me. I was like, I never heard it put that way. And I guess I don't remember that meeting, but I was like, I've been praying that all week. Not for tonight, but for every service. And when you're out in your cabins and wherever you may be, that you would feel the word. Feel the word of God. It's alive. It's moving, and it's looking for those souls that are lost, that are wandering around, in the, really in the mire and the pit of your sins. The Word of God is looking for you and talking to you tonight. And um, my, uh, my subject, I guess if I have a subject, 
is going to be about God. I'm going to try to just explain a little bit about what the Word tells us about the nature of God. And I can't help but just think of the Scripture. Um, I won't quote the whole verse, but it says, Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God. Yes. And we talk a lot about the goodness of God, don't we? And it is good. It is good to talk about. But there is a severity to God, too. Yes, there is. There are consequences to what you may be doing if you're going against God. And you're going to either repent of those or you are going to pay so dearly for those that we meet here for an entire week to try to just entice you to come in and make a start with God. And Brother Glenn, as he read the other night, one of my favorite little parts of a verse, it says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. It is what we do. It's what we meet here to do is to persuade you that are lost to come down and find an altar and make a sacrifice of your sins. What a wonderful deal God has for you. He just asked for your sins on the altar. That's all he's asking for. Not for you to pay some great price and reach into your wallet or to sign off to your house or anything. Your raggedy old sins that are worth nothing but death. He just wants you to come down and give them to him. He will consume them in his holy fire and wipe them away and put that fire in your heart and make you a clean person that can live a life of holiness because you're clothed in his righteousness. This is what God has in store for you, for every man. We have heard it preached here all week. And I thought about Brother Leon and the quote that he said, we stand unapologetically on a platform of holiness. That is what we stand for because that is what is in the word of God. And I miss my brother being here so much. He's such a dear man to me. And I pray for him as I think about him. And I just pray that God would, through his word, he would hear what the word of God has to say to you tonight. I had no intentions of going into all that, so that's the way the Holy Spirit goes. But let me tell you about this verse here. This is in, I'm gonna, I got a few places I'm jumping around. I'll try to tell you where I'm at because I know that's important. This is in 2 Corinthians, first chapter. It's just one verse. It says, for all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. And I read that and it's a wonderful feeling comes over my soul when I read it. When I think about whew, all of these promises I read in this book are yes and amen to me as a child of God. It's not a bragging statement I'm making. It's, I say that in complete humbleness before God, but he has provided this for us. Behold the goodness, right? But behold the severity. This rings true for other promises in this book. If you don't serve God, if you reject him, if you rebel him, this is going to be the same. It's going to apply the same. He is a holy, just, righteous God. He is our judge. He will not be swayed. You can't buy him off. He is going to be righteous. And there is a day that is coming. Yes. For each and every one of us, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. And so when judgment comes, I would like to talk to you tonight about judgment. And what is that going to be like? And what slays in store? 
for both sides. There's scripture that supports it. Praise God for that. I'm glad that the scripture is so clear and gives us an understanding. um, I guess when I thought, when I um, was thinking this week about about what I was going to read, and and, um, I guess the question came to me was, can we just get real? Can we just get real about this? I mean, our life is just a vapor. It says in the Old Testament, one place, it's like a shadow. I mean, just here and then, I mean, look at the shadow here with my hand. It's gone. I mean, in comparison to eternity, that is how long it is. So short. You get one chance, one little go around. And I just wonder, can we get real with ourselves? Can we really look at, can you really look at yourselves? I ask myself the same question because the Bible tells me to. Examine myself. I want to make sure I'm in the faith. These things, same things apply to all of us when you're sanctified. But can you get real with yourself? Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. That's why we're trying to persuade you tonight. And I thought as Brother Glenn read that the other night, well, what is that terror? And in the um, 25th chapter of Matthew 31st verse, he says, this is Jesus. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep. From the goats, and he shall he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, little heads up, this is where you want to be. You want to be on the right hand. Come, ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then, in essence of time, I won't read it all. He goes on to tell them why. I hungered. I thirst. I was naked. I needed, um, I was sick. I was in prison. And you ministered to me. You provided for me. And then shall he, let let me finish that. And they said, well, when did we do this to you? When did we, you know, I don't remember doing this. When did I do this to you, Lord? I never remember doing this to you. And he says, in so much that you have done it unto the least of these, my brother, you have done it unto me. Well, we, that's a close walk, isn't it? And uh, who is the least of these? Well, I feel like right here, I feel like I'm the least of these. And I'm sure if you're sanctified tonight, you probably feel like you're the least of these. Such an humbling experience. Boy, it's so careful how we have to treat people. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And he gives them the other side of the judgment, doesn't he? I was hungry, I thirsted, I was naked, in prison, sick, and you didn't minister to me. You did nothing for me. And they say back to him, 
God, when did we do this? When did we not do this to you? Yeah. And we'd have known it was you, God. Certainly we would have done it to you. Right. And it is so much as you have not done it unto the least of these, my brethren. You have done it unto me. And then these terrible words, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment. But the righteous into life eternal. That is where we're going. That is where we're headed. God has prepared a place for us. I'm so thankful for it. It is very black and white with God. With man, it's a lot of grayscale. A lot of things fall into place. And, no, that's okay. That's good. That's all right. Maybe without even looking at this, they just decide it's okay. Not that way with God. Very black and white. Did he have another group of people there? He had sheep. He had goats. I read none other. You can go read it. No other. Two groups. Two places. It's very clear. Let's make our calling and election sure. I'd like to give you an example um, that I thought about in, in uh, David. And uh, Daniel, when he was out, was talking about David and some great stories about David in the Bible. Wonderful stories. But David sinned against God. And there was a price to pay. There was a price to pay. Even all through all his greatness and all the wonderful things he did. David lusted after Uriah, I'm sorry, after Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. And he got her pregnant. And did he repent? No. He tried to fix it. Covered up. Tried to do, it doesn't work that way with sin. You can't cover up. He committed adultery. And then he had another sin he committed by having her husband Killed in the battle, putting him out on the front line. <laughs> and the penalty for this was death. That was the penalty for it. Yes, amen. It still is today. The penalty for sin is death. It tells us for the wages of sin is death. That is going to be the penalty and the payment. For the sins that you amass towards God. And I want to tell you a wonderful thing that happened. God had mercy. God has so much mercy on David. He sent his prophet Nathan to David. And Nathan came to him. And Nathan told him about a little parable. About two men. Rich man and a poor man. Rich man had many cattle, many things, many much wealth. Poor man had one little lamb that he loved. And a traveler came to town, and the rich man didn't take one of his own flock. But he went and took of that poor man's little lamb that he loved, slew him, and gave him to the traveler. And David says to Nathan, His anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said unto David, Thou art the man. He didn't even realize his own sin that he had committed until Nathan revealed it to him. 
through the Word of God. And I think this verse is just so interesting to me. If you think about, if you're just thinking, I've only done a few little sins, and you're probably thinking, man, I didn't even do what David did here. I just did this little thing one time, and a little thing over here. It's just a little hang-up and a little hiccup. And listen to what God says. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? And so when David went against one commandment of God, he went against them all. He despised all the commandments of God. And if you have committed just one sin in your life, one transgression against God, you have committed every sin against God. It stands the same with him. And what are you going to do about it? What did David do about it? He repented. He turned his face back to God, and God forgave him and gave him another chance. And if you're alive and breathing, he'll do the same for you tonight right here. If you will just turn back towards him, make a little bit of a turn, and God will reach out there and grab you and pull you into himself. This is what the power of God can do for you tonight if you will just trust in it. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. It only takes a little, and it will destroy it. Don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Another thing I thought about, too. Um, was people that just keep going sinning on and on and on. Building layer on layer on layer. I see so many people doing this in the world today. There may be people in this building that are doing this. Listen to what the Word of God says in the second chapter of Romans. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doeth the same, that thou shalt escape? The judgment of God? You're not going to skirt by it? You're not just going to get away with it? He's not going to be absent that day that you just slide on in? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance? Have you despised it in your life? God, time after time after time calling out to you, reaching out to you through his love and his kindness and in great forbearance. He's forbearing you to even stay alive because the penalty for the things that you've been doing is death. That is your penalty. But instead, he paid the price for you. He put his son up on that cross and paid that price for you. And it's yours to claim today if you will come down and take it. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and his forbearance and his long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. But I hope this is not your case. After thy hardness and impenitent heart, your non-repentant heart, how sad that is. Treasurest up. What an interesting word, isn't it? Treasurest up. That's your treasure? 
This is what you're going to get for this life of sin. Treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath, wrath upon wrath upon wrath. And revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds. Praise God, he is just and righteous. To them who by patient continuance, this is us, folks, listen. To them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality. And you know what we get for that? Eternal life is what the message tells us. Eternal life. But... Unto them, look, this is the goodness and the severity of God. It is real. And you're going to face it one day. And are you going to face goodness or are you going to face severity? What are you going to face? It's not because God is so bad and big and mean. It's because of what you've done. You're responsible for yourself. Only you. It's just going to be you and God at that judgment seat. And what is going to be... What is going to be the verdict? But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, this is what you're going to get. Indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile, but glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for there is no respect to persons with God. Praise God for that tonight. Because if there was respect to persons, boy, if it was according to bank account or looks or, or uh, personality or um, I just name all the great things that great people can do, I would be way off the list. That's just the, that's just the bottom line. But praise God, there's no respect for persons. I'm not even of a Jewish heritage that I know of. I don't know any of you know. I don't think we are. <laughs> don't look at it, do we? Amen. What a good heritage we have. The line had fallen unto me in pleasant places. Woo, Lord, good is, Lord has been so good to me. I can't praise him enough. I couldn't stay on my knees. The rest of my life, I'm praising for the wonderful things he's done for me. I don't want to see nobody end up in judgment day like that. And I don't want nobody to be fooled by the devil. Thinking, I got time. Oh, I got plenty of time. And maybe you're saying, man, I'm in my 20s. I got to live. I got to go do stuff. I got plenty of time. Maybe you got a family. Maybe you're like, man, God definitely wouldn't take me from my family, you know. My family needs me. What do you think? Let's listen to what the Word tells us again in the fifth chapter of 1 Thessalonians. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Just, boom, suddenly, life changes, doesn't it? Oh, I have experienced this firsthand in my life. I mean, things that just totally rocked my world. What am I going to do? I don't even know how to, if I can even gather my next breath. Things hit you, can hit you so hard. For when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. 
Listen to the example. As travail upon a woman with child. You know it's coming. A pregnant woman knows the baby is going to come that she may be able to figure out by the months, the time frame. But what happens? The water breaks. Oh, my goodness. You know, where's the suitcase? Run to the hospital. I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's time. And this is how it might be for you if you don't seek out God and make your calling and election sure. Oh, my goodness, it will just hit you. And then this church will be filled with sad faces, knowing, maybe not knowing, but assuming you didn't have time to get it right. Oh, don't let that be your situation tonight. Don't let that be your life story. <clears throat> but listen to this good news, Sister Alice. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day, that day of the Lord, when it happens, should come, should overtake you as a thief. Right? We're expecting it. Oh, my goodness, I welcome it. I'm not suicidal. That's not my case. But, Lord, I welcome the day you call me home. What a day that will be. Rejoin with my loved ones. Meet my Jesus face to face. Praising him forever. And no more living in this world of sin and hate. It's a place you want to go. It's where you want to be. If it was a place on earth, people would be saving up their money to go there on vacation. And yet people, it's going to be eternity, not just a week or a weekend, forever. And you turn it away and you reject it. And God still reaches out and begs for you to come home. But he can't make you love him. He can't do that. He won't do that. It's your choice. Ye are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. I won't read the rest of what I had on there to save some time because we may have altar service. I'm praying. But I thought about judgment. And did you know, this is the blessing of being a child of God. We can have boldness at judgment. In 1 John, the fourth chapter, it says, If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. What an assurance we have through the spirit of God. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein. Throughout all this, herein, herein, all this love, and in this relationship, and as Patrick talked about this morning, in this marriage we have with Christ, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness, boldness, us, me, a little measly worm on this earth, boldness in the day of judgment. And why? Because as he is, so are we in this world. Well, how is God? Figure that out. Think about it. 
God is righteous. God is holy. God is just. He loves. He gives. He forgives. And as he is, so are we. We have to have that clothing of righteousness on us in this world, not at some other appointed time, but now. Today is the day of salvation. And God, I believe, is calling out the hearts that are under conviction in this building. I don't, I don't think you would be here if you didn't care about your soul. I don't know what is in your heart. I can't see it. I cannot even tell. We may be able to figure out maybe by your fruits, but God knows your heart. He knows if there's a deep down little dark secret somewhere you've been hiding from God. And if that's the case, don't worry about your pride or your reputation. Come get it right with God before you experience this day of judgment when it is forever too late. And God separates you and you're, you want to be in the group with the goats? Have you seen some of the vile people that, have, that are in this world? You want to be in that group? Lord, I don't want to be there. I want to be found with the children of God, worshiping Him, suffering affliction if it comes. Whatever may come, God, all for Him. And that needs to be your stance. And if you will take that stand, make a vow, promise God, make a turn. I'm telling you what, yes. God will take it yes, he and will. make something beautiful out of it yes, if you will just turn it over to him. Amen. We plead with you tonight. We, we persuade you tonight because we have read about the goodness and the severity of God. And we want you to come and behold of, and take on the goodness so that at judgment day you're not there with severity. And here is the penalty. You're cast into everlasting fire. We don't see, want to see any man go there. Nobody. We love you. If I could reach out my arms and just hug everybody in here, that's how much love I have for you. I may not even know you, but that's because we have the love of God inside of us. And so as we stand and sing a song, would you consider the future of your soul? Consider it. Just consider it. Where do you want to go? What group do you want to be in? It's in the Word of God. God's promises will not fail. They will be fulfilled. And how are you going to fulfill your end? I want you to think about it. I pray you would come forward. Everybody stand.